in a church, you have a responsibility to be a friend. It's no longer, I want to have friends, let me show myself friendly. You are a family with these people. You are to be Christ-like. You are to love them like Christ loves you. Welcome back to Cherishing Scripture Podcast. My name is Adam. This is Jeremy Boggs. He was recently wed, and we're all very excited for him. Um, looking forward to some little baby Boggs running around. Oh it's going to be great. Um, this is Dr. Brad Bailey. Pastor Brad. He is pastor as well. Um, and behind... The sound area with his headphones that we're all very jealous of is Mr. Dempsey, (laughs) J. Dempsey, with an X. So uh, today we're going to be talking about... There's an X in there. I'm going to put that on his handle. There's an X. It's silent. He's French. All right. J.X. Dempsey. So um, today we're going to be talking about friendship, and I'm super excited about this podcast. I've been hounding Jeremy about doing a podcast about this because I think it's an incredibly important part of the Christian life and in being just a good human being. Before we do that, though, we have another toxic tweet. Toxic! Mm. Dun, dun, dun. How yep. exciting is that? Oh, it's going to be horrible. I know I this can one. Tell. This one will step on Pastor's toes. I'm cringing already. So it's going to step on my toes? Well, not step on them, but probably make you mad. Let's get this over with. It's that type of stepping on toes. Like we get mad at him. All right. You ready? Toxic tweet thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It says, instead of saying in, uh, he's got in quote, in in this Greek, let's back up. Instead of this, instead of saying in the Greek, this means they should be saying in the NIV. King James only believing preachers quote the NIV. They, They are questioning the word of God. Then he says, John R. Rice said NSAV was closer to Greek. Heil said he would only be King James today. So I think he's just rambling at that point. But anyways, what he's saying is um, if you say, if you quote Greek in your church, you're actually quoting the NIV. This sounds like an extremely uneducated man to me. That's just how it hits me. How does that hit you? You know... I mean, here's the thing, you know, you can, you can, there's ditches on both sides of the road on this thing. You can get into the ditch where you believe that Greek is obsolete, that God gave us an English Bible, and that is all we should rely on and all that we should use. Uh, Or you could stay in the middle of the road, which is that the Greek and not just Greek, but the, any of the original languages are useful for lexical purposes, for the purpose of looking up definitions and looking up original meaning of a word uh, so that so that proper and detailed explanation can be given to a congregation about what this actually means because, because there are words that have changed right. meaning. And there is a reason that most of the time the ignorance on this subject comes from the fact that not many people are aware of the dynamics of the Greeks and their language, their linguistic arts. I mean, they were the most vivid linguists of that day, and that's why we have uh, this Greek influence in our New Testament is because it could convey in in very few words the ideas 
of what the Scripture said. And so our English Bible, I'm In a King few James words, man. but great detail. Right, right. And our English Bible sometimes uses two or three, or in some cases four or five English words to convey the idea that is contained only in one Greek word in right. the manuscript. And that's because of, of how vivid the Greek language actually was. So I don't correct the King James Version with Greek, but using Greek as a, as a lexical uh, aid to help us to better understand um, you know, what underlies the definitions of these, of these, new, new, of these King James Version words I think it's very helpful, and I think yeah. somebody who, who makes a comment like that probably does not want to put their rump in a chair and sit there long <laughs> enough to do the work because it is not. They would rather get behind a mic and say that, say oh. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's not easy. You gotta you gotta sit with that text hour after hour doing these word studies, and sometimes it is it is very taxing, mm-hmm. you know. And so, well, some of the best studies I've had personally. Are become come from looking at words like that, absolutely. Yeah. Or even in teaching through Sunday school, there's been some great studies because you look at what a word means. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it makes the it makes the scripture even more alive. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a Greek scholar, Mm-mm. but I specialized in the alphabet and uh, prefixes, suffixes, and roots for the most part, and that gave me, man, I I can't, I just can't tell you the world of understanding that that opened up. Yeah. When it came to the Bible, um, and, and, and I mean, th- then you got parsing and tenses, and there's there's a whole lot more there what that if, you can get into with the Greek language. But the one thing the Greeks knew how to do is they knew how to tell a story. We know that from Greek mythology, mm-hmm. right? They were not. I get it. I'll be totally honest with you now. I mean, when I went to Bethany, uh, one of the, one of our professors there taught us. He said, "Look, the Greeks," and I agreed with him. Uh, uh, the Greeks were not known for accuracy; they were not, no, because they were, uh, they were in in many cases they they embellished, mm-hmm. you know, to make it a good story. They exaggerated to make it a good story, and that's where the richness of their language comes to the surface. Is uh, we were able to fundamentalize those words and bring them over, and use those words as a method of of adding richness and life and color to the text, and so. That's why Greek is helpful, mm-hmm. and if you say it's not, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, guy, I think I don't want to be insulting, but that's yeah, I think we can come rather to the conclusion uninformed that, and ignorant. That's yeah. exactly the conclusion. This guy might as well just say. stop reading his New Testament in general because what about those words that are um, a transliteration? Yeah, the same exact word in Greek is the same exact word in English. Yeah, for example, the word deacon yeah. in English. It's a transliteration. It is the Greek word diakonos. And so you're there's very Greek little words. difference. Right, exactly. So you might as well just stop reading your New Testament. Well, I think that's enough of toxic tweets. Toxic! Yeah. Thank you very much. We've done our due. We've talked about what this um, somewhat uninformed man tweeted about. Let's move on to the fun stuff. <laughs> Today we're talking about friendship, like I said before, and the Bible has so much to say about (laughs) friendship. And I think it's of dire importance because in my observation, people who are willing to be a true friend are few and far between. 
They are so, so rare, and they should not be. So first of all, um, I'd like to talk about this verse that you've already pulled up in Proverbs chapter 18. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Right. Excuse me. <clears throat> I want to. I have, a, I have a hot take about that second part of that verse. I know a lot of people say, "Well, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother is Jesus." Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Jesus is your friend, and He is closer than a brother. But I don't think that is who um, Solomon no. was talking about. No, I there. agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that um, Solomon heard slash most likely observed. Well, no, he might not have observed it at the time because he might have been just too young. But he had certainly heard about his father's relationship Mm. with Jonathan and how uh, it most likely, I I mean, almost undoubtedly in my mind, he was way closer to Jonathan than he was any of his brothers. His brothers obviously treated him somewhat poorly, as a matter of fact. So David had a friend that was closer to him than a brother. Jonathan chose his relationship with David over his relationship with his father. David had a friend who was closer to him than a wife. Mm. Yes. Because he said, they said that the the friendship and the camaraderie and the love that existed between David and Jonathan surpassed that of women. And people have tried to pervert that and say that that was a... A, a homosexual comment that's not true Ignorance. it's just it's just based on what solomon learned from david and manifest in this verse there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother exactly and he says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother i think what it was it's trying to be conveyed there is that this kind of relationship is rare and if you find it you should be very very grateful but but you can find it and the way that you find it is in the first part of that verse yeah. A man that has friends, what? Must show, Must show him himself friendly. friendly. And the way we use the term friendly is not what I think is actually being friendly. Me being friendly is me being nice yeah. to somebody. Well, lots of people are yeah. nice. Yeah. Right? Lots of people can, anybody can be nice to somebody else and say Polite nice society. things and compliment them and stuff. Right. But that's not what being a true friend is. Yeah. What is being a friend? Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpen it the countenance of his friend that is being friendly yeah, and, and proverbs, if you want uh, that friend yeah. you must show yourself friendly yeah yeah please in proverbs 27 verse 6 faithful <clears throat> are the wounds of a friend but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful so on occasion a friend who loves you will do some pruning mm-hmm. or clip your feathers or whatever they have to do wound you in some way uh, if that is what's going to keep you corralled and keep you tethered to the earth and get you back to you know back to your senses, on occasion a friend, and who would you trust? Uh, you know the, <laughs> the flatterer who is going to say, "Oh no, everything's cool. You're great. Everything's perfect. I can't imagine you being in the wrong in any aspect or in any way of your life." Or you're going to have a friend who's going to look at you and say, "Yeah, you know what? You probably did not give that your best, or you probably should rethink that." Or Think about how experienced Solomon would be with that. He was the king yeah. over the richest country on the planet at the time. Absolutely. So think about all the people that were laying traps. I mean, we talk about political intrigue. Think about all the people that came to him with flattering words and a smiling countenance that were laying a trap. Mm-hmm. For oh him. yeah. And so that man had no friends at the end of his life. No, he had no None. friends, and and he had enough gold diggers 
to surround himself where he just started collecting them. Wow. That's and, true. Because here's the thing. He had a friend. It, that's recorded. And he records that in Song of Solomon. That woman was his friend. Shoot my girl. She loved him and he loved her. After her, that man ain't got no friends. He's too wealthy. Yep. Wealthy people are lonely, man. Yeah. They never know if people are actually going to be honest because who's going to prune a wealthy guy? Right. Because he's going to cut you off. He's not going to you. That's what you're going to go through your mind. Wealthy people have no friends, man. Yeah. Nope. And in some cases, wealthy people uh, tend to violate, you know, the earlier verse that we looked at about uh, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. friendly. Wealthy people can become very unfriendly because of the paranoia. Yeah. You know, they think uh, you're just, you're just, you just, you, you, you want, want me, for my, me money. for my money. Right. Yep. And uh, they can get crotchety and and uh, you know pretty pretty nasty. <laughs> Mercy Andrew. No, I totally forgot now. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, okay. um, uh, let's examine Close. various friendships in the Bible. How about? Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier Elijah and Elisha. Mm-hmm. Their their friendship was unequal. And this is an interesting aspect about friendships because when people think about friendships, they think that it it is necessary for both. Um, present in the friendship to be of equal status as far as influence. Well, that is historically and currently, I believe, That's false. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Real friendships have often had a person who is more influential and a person who is often more influenced. But that doesn't mean that it can't go the other way. It does, and it should. Iron sharpeneth iron. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of times where, you know, th- we do a lot of head scratching. You know, you look at some, you look at these, this pair of people, and you say, why are you his friend? Why are, why are you her friend? You know, because there's such a condescension. You know, this person has to condescend and come down to a language level or to a, uh, you know, a social level or something to be a friend of this person. But that's where quality. That's so true. Friendship actually comes from is when a person makes a sacrifice to be your friend. They sa- they sacrifice a social agenda. That's now, I'm surprised so that you true. and I, without having talked about this, I'm surprised that you and I agree so much on this. I think, uh, you know, even when the Bible says that, uh, um, you know, we call Jesus master, we call Jesus Lord, but uh, there's that passage that says that, uh, Man yeah, he, we, he called us friend. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and yeah. there's no question right. who had to condescend there something about for him, him laying, to be our friend, laying his, laying down your life for a friend or something. Was there, was yeah, no, no, uh, yep. greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Let's examine another relationship that all of us have. Um, potentially our best friend that we will ever have is our wives. Yes. Right. But let's recognize this. There's a level of condescension there because, You've made the statement in the past that I don't necessarily agree with, but you made a statement of more times than not, a woman um, gets married and she is more intelligent than the man she marries. I don't agree that that's necessarily the case. I think more often than not, it is the opposite of that. Men are almost always more intelligent than the woman that they marry because a woman doesn't want to marry a man that's you know less intelligent than her. Yeah. <clears throat> Men... Um, in that relationship, learn to have a relationship with somebody that they condescend to. And that relationship mimics the relationship between us and Christ. Christ condescended to <laughs> us. <laughs> and and we have that relationship with him of, yes, he's our Lord and our Savior and we respect him, but he's also there for us. We're also in submission to Christ. Yeah. We are in Just submission like to Christ. Submission. Exactly. And right. my wife being in submission to me does not mean that she's my servant. No. We are friends. We are best friends. 
Yes. No. This you is part of our relationship. The dynamics of our relationship is that she submits to me because I am her husband and she respects me and I love her. Part of, part of that submission, though, is when pastor says intelligence, right? We have to define what we're talking about because there's, emotion, there's rational and book-learning intelligence, and I definitely have more trivia in my head stored away than my wife does. Yeah. Um, and with all due respect saying that. But the other side of that is I rely on her for her intelligence in planning, yeah. her intelligence in making a calendar organization organization right so it depends on what you just define as intelligence because we all have different strata of intelligence you know god gave us the the idea of intelligence and the reason we respect god is because he is the father of all intelligence he is the father of all knowledge right and we he knows things that when we get to heaven ask we're going to have more questions than we had answers sure and he's going to be able to answer that so that's one of the reasons we respect him as the godhead and as the father um, but the second part of that is that I was just going to comment on is when you say um, that a wife is a friend, that idea of submission is that a wife will notice something is off. And as your friend, even though it may gain a short term ire or, you know, just annoyance, um, we, Adam and I were talking about this on the way here when I'm driving and my, I'm <laughs> about to miss a turn and my wife says, hey, you're going to miss a turn. She tries to do it as respectfully as possible. And at the end of the day, it's a little bit annoying, but she's my friend and she'll, t she will take that annoyance and still keep trying to do the right thing for me. Right. And I think that's where submission comes into play is I, I know you're making a wrong decision. I love you so much that I'm going to tell you and gain that short term annoyance mm -hmm. for a long term benefit that because I beautiful. care about you. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is beautiful. That mm -hmm. is so, so it's true. Good. It is a, it is an, a detrimental part of a wife, a husband and wife relationship is a woman being able. Okay. So you made the uh, comparison one time about how, um, a wife softens the harshness of a husband, um, when it comes to dealing with the children, right? Well, as fathers, our natural reaction to stupidity of our children is wrath, mm -hmm. right? And that's not always going to be the best solution, right? And a wife can step in respectfully and say, no, we need to handle it a little bit nicer than that. Yeah. And if she does it in a respectful and submissive way, that is exactly her job. Mm -hmm. She should do that. She should stand between you and the child at that certain stage. You know, if I, this has happened to me many times where I, you know, I'm about to lose it on some kid, right? Because they're just acting out or being ridiculous, but she sees it in a different way. And she's not also caught up with the, the ego and um, the pride of whatever is going on in my heart that's making me more angry than I yeah, should why, be. Why are you so silly? Why are you yeah. being silly? I, there's no reason for you to be silly. She's going to step in right. and, and sort of oppose me. Yep. That's what a friend should do. Yeah. yeah. I think that that is perfectly right. And that's what Jesus does for us. Absolutely. All the time. Oh, yeah. When Absolutely. he stands before the Father and I come that to is, him in my that stupidity. That is exactly right. And the Father, you know, does have... The father has that that spirit of fathership, which is I I made the law, I am the law, I know the law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I told you what the law is, and I gave you so many chances, and we're just sitting here like, ah. yeah, right. Exactly. Jesus steps in and says, "Hey, I already paid the price." Right. Yeah. Amen. So there's a big discussion also that needs to happen when you're talking about friendships, and uh, I'm thinking about Solomon's son, mm. Rehoboam. Mm. Okay. Bad. Friendships. He had bad friendships because it costed him the kingdom. So this is where this comes important now is to bring in a New Testament discussion of 
being unequally yoked. Oh, I was going to talk about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay, so being being unequally yoked. Yes. In So first of all, yoking oxen is important, right? Because two oxen that are yoked can pull more than the sum of they would individually. Mm-hmm. Does everybody understand that concept, right? right? Yeah. So having friendships is of dire importance because you are going to be able to accomplish more doing things with somebody than you would without. Mm-hmm. But being unequally yoked is not a superior and an inferior. That is not unequally yoked. An unequally yoked is people that are in going opposing directions. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So if you have a friend that... So um, Sean and I were talking a little bit about this in the hallway, about offending your brother. Mm-hmm. And he's saying if if you have people that are that believe things so completely different that they're opposing each other all the time, then you're accomplishing nothing. Yeah. Is that what you mean by that you were talking about unequally yoked? Yeah, but also just um, so yes, but also l- looking at Solomon's son's situation, th- how look what it had costed him. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the yeah, unequal yoke in that situation because he had was multiple oxen going one way, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's supposed to go this way, but he has multiple oxen going this way. Yeah. Yep. And so now, opposing directions. The yeah. path is straight in front of him, but this this friend over here is unequal yoke. Wants you to go this way. Yep. And that yeah. can be potentially dangerous. Yep. Yeah. So you have to watch. Friendships have to be, um, almost examined at that point. Yeah, I I think, first of all, uh, the first thing I would say is that every single woman ever needs to examine every single friendship she ever has because it is so rare that I've ever seen a woman have a good, healthy friendship with anybody. All they do is compliment each other in front of them and insult them behind their back. I've seen it a thousand times. It's terrible. Women are really awful at being friends a lot of times. Men choose to just not be friends with anybody because it takes effort it takes courage yep right so first of all if you're a woman and you've got you know your 100 facebook friends go through those and really carefully consider who has your best interest at heart and who just kind of wants you to be around you because you make them feel good or vice versa yep not a true friendship when it comes to men look for a person that you can be a friend to don't look for a person that can be your friend. That's not what you should be looking for. Look for a person that needs a friend and be a friend to that person. What is a friend? A friend is a person who will be there when you need something, who cries when something bad happens to you, who is excited when something good happens to you, who will tell you if you are acting out. If you are doing something that is dangerous to yourself or your family or your loved ones, they will tell you, hey, you're acting out and you need to straighten up. That is what a good friend does. And that's what you need to be for somebody else. If you want to have a friend, you must show yourself friendly. Be a friend before you get a friend. Yeah, you're so right. Well, in the business world and going, you know, I've, I've said this to multiple kids who are talking about going to college. Um, in my experience, I was a communications PR guy, um, marketing communications IMC. And the only way you got ahead was the connections that you had. So right. in that mindset, mm-hmm. in that twisted godforsaken hellhole that they call a university, um, it really comes down to the connections that you have. And so you're trying mm-hmm. to make connections and you're trying to be friendly, quote unquote friendly, um, to see what you can get out of somebody else. Mm. And that and that 
when Adam is talking about a friend breaches out That's first good. and is looking to for your benefit, I just automatically go back to that in terms of all these it was just a political dynamic of who can I be friends with, mm-hmm. who can I provide benefits to mm-hmm. for my own personal benefit back that you owe me. Now you're going to give me, you know, what I what the connection that I want or the position that I want, yeah. something like that. So you have to be very very careful too when you're making that endeavor to go out and make a friendship. What is the purpose of that? Are you there to strengthen? And I'm speaking from a masculine perspective. Are you there to strengthen your brother? Are you there to benefit yourself? Yeah. You know what? My um, <clears throat> my brother-in-law, my, my wife has one brother, and he's pretty young. He's the youngest one. And um, he lost his first son. And it was a terribly, terribly traumatic, awful, emotional time for him. It was horrible. But you know what he told me after the whole thing was over? He said, I realized I had no friends. Mm. Because nobody wanted to be there for him. When that happened, nobody wants to go through that with him. No, of course, nobody wants to. You have all these friends that you go out and you party with. You guys go off roading, you drink, you go fishing, all this stuff. And they'll do that with you all the time. But when you lose your child, yeah. and you are hurting worse than you have ever hurt in your entire life, they are nowhere to be found. And that's what he realized, and he changed. Yeah. He decided to start being a friend to people, and he realized that the only friends he had were his family. They were there for him through all of that pain, and they hurt with him through all of that. That's that's something that he learned, and I, I've learned something similar going through um, certain hardships. That you know, I need to be there for somebody who goes through hardships. If I'm if I'm going to say that I'm their friend, yeah. so that's that's what I got to say about. Imagine if people came to church with hardships. that attitude. Instead of coming to church, what oh, what Jeremy. I need, what I need, you come to church. Well, what can I do for somebody else? Right. Yeah. yeah we could we could talk about this for about seven eight hours, man. You <laughs> being in a being in a church, you have a responsibility to be a friend. It's no longer I want to have friends. Let me show myself friendly. Right. You are a family. Mm-hmm. With these people, you are to be Christ-like. You are to love them like Christ loves you, like the sinners and the publicans. Because Christ loves the church, and when you come together as a church, you are coming together as a brotherhood, and you are supposed to be a brother to every single person there. That means that even though that person that sits three pews back from you smells kind of weird, you gotta be their friend. You gotta shake their hand, and you gotta show them that you care about them. And when somebody new comes by, you don't know what that person's going through. A man could walk through that door. And he is, he is about, he's about seven hours away from killing himself. And and there are so many men that are right on the cusp of that. And all they need is an encouraging word from one person, one man to take about 30 seconds of his time and encourage him. And that's all he needs. He's good to go. He's motivated. He's back on track. He's going to change his life and make it better. That's all he needs is somebody to be a friend for 30 seconds. Yeah. And church is where you're supposed to find that. Yeah, right. Church is not where I get to sit down and listen to the choir. Yay, the choir is singing a really great song. This is this is what church is about. No, that's not what church is about. Church is about relationship. It's about fellowship. We get together and we learn about the Word of God and we sing about Jesus. But you know what real church? Real church happens before and after the service. Yep. When you're talking with your friends about Jesus, yeah. that's when real church happens. When two or more are gathered, I am there. 
All right, I'm I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm gonna stop ranting. You know how many this was gonna happen, okay, guys? This about is... men remembering compliments that they got ten years ago, compared it's to women so... getting compliments every day. I remember them when I was a kid. I remember them. I got a compliment about the way that I walk. What yeah. a weird compliment to get. But yep. you know what? It like stuck in my mind, and all of a sudden, I'm like the coolest person ever. Yep. It's so true, man. I try to compliment people with with meaningful compliments first of all if i compliment you guys i mean it period don't ever think that i just complimented you because i just felt like saying something or whatever if i compliment you it's because i truly believe what i said Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that goes with my wife i don't tell her that she's beautiful because i want her to think she is no i tell her because i think she's beautiful right that's the reason why well the same thing goes when i said you looked good today because you know apparently you haven't eaten in a week I meant it. I didn't just make that up. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'll remember that for the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, yeah. Jim. So we got about uh, about we five didn't, minutes here. We didn't hear from Pastor at all. You know, the, it's been, it's been yeah. It's What's been it? quiet on this. I'm, it's my fault, honestly. Well, I'm an etymology uh, guy, you know, and I just went to confirm. You know, I've, I've heard so many things about the word friend uh, down through the years. You know, I've heard... Uh, different derivations of the word, you know, how it came from this origin and that origin wound up as an English word, uh, wound up friend in the English language. But, you know, I was always told that the uh, the term friend is actually a combination of freed one and freed one got shortened down into friend. And it, it spoke of a commonality between slaves who had each other's back uh, and there was a certain freedom that they experienced amongst themselves. They could sympathize mm. with one another's wow. experience. They could sympathize with one another's battle and what they were going through. And so wow. they experienced a certain amount of freedom there. And then when they were emancipated or set free and they became legitimately freed ones, they stayed friends. And uh, some of the, the, you know, sadly, some of the ex- greatest experiences of friendship that I have developed have been in the foxhole. You know, people who I have friends today that I know I could call them on the phone. Some of them I haven't spoken to even in years, but we became friends during a battle. We became friends during, um, you know, some kind of, uh, some, some kind of a, a struggle that was going on. And that friendship was incubated by that struggle. And we yeah. were forced together because of our common stand, mm-hmm. um, and we have stayed friends. Uh, we we didn't allow personal um, issues and things to come between us. We stuck we stuck to the facts of the friendship mm-hmm. and the fundamentals of the friendship, and we were able to ma- maintain friendships based on that um, based on that standing. But it came down to the English language, you know, which has a, a lot to do with. Uh, it just has a lot to do with burden bearing and uh, is, being under the same yoke. And we talked about the unequal yoke earlier and, um, you know, different things of that nature. And so friendship can be feigned. Mm-hmm. It can be, it can be, uh, it can be acted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is why friendship is such a vulnerable experience, at least for me, yeah. uh, because I've, I have been friendly with people who cut me deeper mm than you can imagine and Mm. it created a lot of confusion in my life it really uh put up a lot of walls and a lot of barriers um you know even to this day 
if you become my friend, we're probably going to be friends for life, but it's hard to become my friend. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not boasting in that because I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I want to yeah, uh, address that a little bit. Yeah, sure. It takes courage to be someone's friend. And it that's really the does. reason why, because you don't know if that person is going to hurt you and you are making yourself vulnerable to them right. to be hurt. Right. right. And they have the option. Once you once you start trying to be friends with someone, you are making yourself vulnerable, and therefore they can hurt you at any point That's if exactly they so right. choose. And you're trusting them to hopefully not right. do that, yeah. but they could. So That's if you want to be friends with somebody, guess what? It's going to take courage. That's why you don't yeah. get unequally yoked with believers, because friendship is based on Christ. We're not yeah. perfect. I was just so about to say that. Talk That's to unbelievers. Yeah, the commonality. And you give of that. them that trust. That's kind of what makes this the friend thing he was just talking about interesting because they had the one thing in common they were slaves and uh had each other's back well that's what makes all of us in this room have that one thing in common yeah. that's christ that's why we come to church together because it's a group of people right. who have that one thing in common and that's christ yeah that's right but, and when you have that commonality there is a certain amount of access mm-hmm. you know if you are my friend what's mine is yours and that's why, mm-hmm. you know, having your your spouse as your best friend, it that even comes into the area of the body. You know, mm-hmm. even even your body is shared property. It, it mine belongs to hers, and hers belongs yes. to me. That's in the Bible. Correct, correct. And so there's a there's a depth of friendship there. Um, you know that uh, is 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 very intimate and very personal. And my wife is my best friend and has mm-hmm. been for many many years. Um, but the reality of of, of a non romantic friendship, okay, for example, uh, if it's a uh, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ that you're especially close to, um, there is a certain access that is, that has to be granted there. You know that uh, anything that I have within reason is yours whatever my resources are if it belongs to me it belongs to you mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a, a message of sacrifice that is sent when friendship is um, uh, and that's where you know that's that's where we have to d- differentiate between the give and the take mm-hmm. because if you're in this thing to be a taker the friendship is not going to be incubated it's not going to grow it's not going to flourish if there's one taker and a constant consistent giver uh, there has to be a give and take on both sides. Well, to a degree, though. But what what about having um, you know relationships where where there is one who is the primary influencer and the other the primary influencee? Well, the influencer is constantly giving all right. the time. I have relationships like that where I'm just giving and giving and giving, yeah. and I get very very little in return. Yeah. I still find a great deal of fulfillment, fulfillment from that yeah. relationship. Yeah. I have I have those two. <clears throat> That's your gain. It is equal because you're gaining fulfillment from that, even though you're giving out. It's like Christ with us. Does Christ get anything right. from us? No, no. He, he gets to call us a friend. Right. He gets let's, to call us a brother. Let's right. consider spiritual gifts for a minute. Mm-hmm. Some people have the spiritual gift of giving. To them, that is expressing their spirituality and give, is and in giving. in that case, giving is getting yeah. for them. Exactly. Really? So with other people, you know, their spiritual gift is teaching, and they get all the honor and all the praise for mm-hmm. teaching because, you know, that's, that's how teaching works. But they're both expressing their spirituality. Yeah, Very I'm true. thinking of a specific character. Not many people are familiar with this guy, but Epaphroditus, 
in mm. Philippians. Mm. Yes. And yep. um, he not one time thought about himself. He yeah. went to Paul on behalf of the church, and then he got sick. But the reason he got sick was because he was worried about his church. Yeah. And so and so then that he got sent back. So not one time did he think about himself. He only kind of like what we're talking about now. All he did was just give out himself. Yeah. Instead. And then Paul had the other friend Onesimus, yep. who who my old country preacher called One Seamus. Yeah. <laughs> Onesimus Paul. <laughs> One Seamus. But Onesimus. Um, uh, the apostle Paul said, "This man, you know, he spoke of a quality that. of friendship, and he said, this man is not ashamed of my chain.' Yeah. Mm. So Paul's incarceration for ministry, Paul's persecution, uh, Onesimus knew that this was going to be one-sided; that there wasn't much he could get from this prisoner, Paul. But yet he wasn't ashamed of that chain, and he stood be- stood behind by him mm. uh, through that entire experience. I love that. that. You know, I think it's just a, an yeah, incredible I, model. I would say." Um, in accordance to what you were trying to express earlier, maybe to put a finer point on it, um, if you have one friend that is constantly giving and the other, the recipient of it is ungraciously getting, right? Then we have an imbalance. Right. Okay. But if a person is giving, there, then the person that's getting it is super appreciative of it. Then I, the person who's giving is never going to run out. Right. right. They're Why not God going like to. Us to be thankful. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. That is exactly what I'm talking about. There's nothing I can give to God. Nope. Nothing. I got nothing, man. I take All everything. I can do is be thankful. Yeah. That's right. it. And that's what he wants. Thank you, Jay. That was, that was great timing. So here's a, here's a question for Pastor then. So how important is it for and to have a friend in ministry, but how also at the same time, how hard is it to know and keep a friend in ministry? It, it's it is very important to have a friend in ministry. It is near impossible to maintain a friend in ministry. Near impossible. Um, and I think that's because of today's climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much selfishness. Um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of competitiveness. If, if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a friend who is another pastor, you have to look really long and really hard to find someone who's trustworthy um, you know, I'm I'm sadly in the same category as a lot of people. I've been hurt by a lot of pastors, and I myself am a pastor uh, because uh, there are some men who they will befriend you, and then when they see an opportunity to gain an advantage, uh, take a family or something of that nature, the worst hurt I have ever been through in my life was when someone who professed to be a very close personal friend of mine took families out of my church and and then dusted his his feet off and acted as if it was my fault Hmm. and uh, i don't know if i've ever gone through any hurt uh quite as bad as that was and that doesn't sound so severe maybe to the typical listener but if you had been in that circumstance, you would know uh, how. That sounds pretty severe to me. Someone yeah, I'm who, sure it is. It's taking sheep from the shepherd. I, yeah. I don't want to end on a negative note, but I uh, probably will. And here it is. <clears throat> um, cross-gender friendships, yep. negative. You got one of them. Now, there are exceptions to this. Exceptions are, um, I, I think, immediate family. Mm-hmm. So your sister, your daughter, stuff like that. But outside of that, 
Like I, yeah. I'm I, the only female that I'm friends with other than my wife is going to be my great aunt and she's about 80. Mm-hmm. All yep. right. So there's no tension, if you will, there. But yep. but and but it's also it's also one of those unequal type relationships yeah, where and I agree with that. I get so much from talking to her because the only thing she wants to talk about with me ever is the Lord. Yeah. It's good. That's it. That's all she wants to talk with me about. And you know what? I'm down to clown with that. Of course there's those who take it to the extreme and say you can't talk to you can't even make eye contact with, you know, a woman at the church. And I yeah. think I think it's walking that fine line of, no, I'm not your friend. I'm your brother and sister in Christ. Right. I'm not your friend, right? But I am going to treat you like a brother. I'm going to say hello. Sure. And thank sure. you, thank you, sister, for, for your kindness. And, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. that's, that's yeah. when things... I, but I've been and been around the people who I try to say something to their wife, just like, hello, and they're like, you don't talk to my wife. Right. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's a little silly. You know, you got to be... You gotta that's be, a little silly. You got to be careful but, with but that. When, but when men fool themselves into thinking that it's that appropriate just friends. for to, them to be platonic <laughs> relationships with this person and it's hang out impossible. and, you know, have close relationship kind of conversation with them. I'm sorry. No. And the same thing goes with women. You know, they have the friend zoned guys. Well, that's just inappropriate. There's nothing appropriate about you having a relationship with eligible men and you keeping them friend zoned like that because well, Men I don't want to get into it. To be but attracted to each other. That there, it's just right. not appropriate. Yeah, so, yeah. find a friend, be a friend, but be a friend with a person of your same gender. Yeah, whether that's, not that's negative. LGBTQIA plus whatever it is, <laughs> one of the be one of them. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, oh man, that's good. All, all right. right. Well, I we'll think I there. think we need to wrap it up then. Um, this has been an incredible conversation that I've had with me and myself mostly. Um, sorry guys, I kind of dominated this one. I can't help it. Very good. I really can't help it. Um, but, uh, thank you for tuning in to Cherishing Scripture podcast. Leave us questions. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about them. Um, and you can, um, email at info at brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. You can leave comments on YouTube videos. We do see those. You can find our podcast on all sorts of various different platforms. Mm -hmm. We're out there. Listen to them. And thank you for being with us. Cherishing Scriptures podcast. Thank you.